1: give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Hebrews 12, Jesus, the example. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. A father's discipline. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, We had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness." Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Contrast of Sinai and Zion. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness, and gloom, and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet, and the sound of words, which sound, Was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. For they could not bear the command, If even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling, but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel, the unshaken kingdom. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God, an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So, with Hebrews twelve, just touching on a few things before I get to the main thing that I really want to to uh, focus on. So, of course, Jesus is the example. He's that's simple. Um, we we're told to live a life. Reflective or mimicking Jesus' life. We're supposed to do what he did. We're supposed to say what he said. We're supposed to live like he lived. He did not come, and by his own words, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to, and then many translations will say something like fulfill. But the actual original root translation says to model. He's to be the example. He showed us how to keep the law. He showed us how to live a life within the law. And then many times he, he um, spoke of the law, he was consistently saying like, you should do that. Or uh, many times Christians will get to the, the quote where he says that, you know, the two, the two most important commandments. The two greatest commandments, love God and love others. And then he said, all of the other laws and commandments can be hung on those two pegs. So the law is focused on loving God. Following the law helps you to appropriately love God. Following the law also helps you to appropriately love others. That's it not difficult. So we're supposed to live like he lived and do what he did. There's many things that we do today that we have justified by our own personal desires that we do differently than what Jesus did. And many times we know that Jesus wouldn't have done what we're doing, but we do it anyways because some some man or some person on earth told us that that's what we were supposed to do. So, remember, Jesus is the example, not man. So, a father's discipline, I I love this and the fact that when it points out that we respect our fathers on earth. Now, not saying that everyone has a great relationship with their father because there are many father wounds that are out there. But, um, especially those who had really good fathers, they were disciplined by their fathers and. They ended up, even though they didn't like it at the time, they ended up respecting their fathers for it, understanding their father's intention was for good. Well, then how much more can we uh, honor God, love God for the discipline that he gives us? Because he doesn't just do it for our good. He does it for the good, for us and for the kingdom. He helps us out, kind of like the the donkey um, that Balaam was was riding the donkey that started to stop going down the path because the he saw the angel. He saw the angel up ahead with his sword drawn and he was protecting Balaam. Balaam didn't like that and he kicked and he hit. Sometimes that's the way that we we respond to discipline is when we're disciplined, we want to hit back, but that's, that's not that's, um, that's not what we should be doing. We should understand there's a reason for it. Now, abuse is abuse. So don't hear me saying that abuse is okay. Discipline is not abuse. And then the contrast of Sinai and Zion. Well, Sinai was the mountain that was forbidden to go, to go on and touch. It was holy ground. Uh, you weren't allowed to climb up. You weren't allowed to touch the mountain. You weren't allowed to get close to the mountain. Um, that's just like in the Old Testament, behind the veil, behind the whole, into the Holy of Holies. You're not allowed to go in there. Well, Zion would be God's holy mountain for his holy people, his holy city. And Zion, you get to fully go in. Because when Jesus, Jesus died on the cross and rose again, in that process, the veil was torn and Sinai became Zion not literally, but figuratively. This you can't touch idea was replaced with, no, boldly approach the throne, boldly come in. Through the action of what Jesus did, you now have full permission and authority to walk into the throne room and go straight up to God. So you don't have to to be afraid anymore. But this is what I really wanted to get to, the unshaken kingdom. And just very quickly, Just pointing out, you know, it talks about that in the end of days that there would be a shaking. The church would be shaken. The world would be shaken. The foundations would be shaken. And I've heard preachers talk about how that's to awaken the people. But absolutely not. The shaking is not to wake us up, we should already be awake and alert. That's where the church has failed not the only place, but that's one of the places where the church has failed is that the people aren't ready. We're not waiting. We're not looking for God. We're looking for ourselves and our daily activities and how we can please ourselves, not pleasing God. So we need to already be awake and ready. The shaking happens while we're awake and ready and it shakes away loose things that do not belong. It shakes away those things that are not of heaven. So the things that we cling to that are of earth get shaken away. That's what the shaking is. It says, yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And the thing that cannot be shaken is things of the kingdom. Things that the father had a hand in the things that we did for him, for the kingdom. So let's be kingdom-minded, not earthly-minded. Father God, thank you for um, such beautiful scripture here that can just give us so many things to, to focus on. I pray that we can we can live a life reflective of Jesus' life, that we can do what Jesus did, that we can say what Jesus did, said so that our life can be a imitation, a a reflection of Jesus and his life. I also pray um, that as the world is shaken, as the foundation is shaken, that all those things that do not belong in our lives can be shaken away so that all that remains is the things that are focused on you and the kingdom and that our lives could be uh, like the kingdom, could be something that stands firm for others to see as a beacon of light, as to... Um, your love, your goodness, and how your relationship in our lives has made our lives better. And uh, I pray that that brings more people to desire to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.